right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast, the final PGA Tour podcast for the 2019-2020 season. I am Solly. I do it for the glory. DJ Pius here. Hello, Solly. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here, man. What do you do it for? Money. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. Not the story? I'm, I'm just here so I get paid. That's it. Not the victory? Nope. Nope, not at all. Listen. Uh, how are you, man? Thrilled, I, thrilled I'm good. I got a lot to talk about. I don't think it's going to be straight crying and bitch fest no, tonight. No, it's become plenty. very trendy to dump on this one and we'll dump on it a little yes. bit, but you know what? There's some positives to take away as well. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll get to all that. Just the two of us though. Tonight. It is. It's just the two of us. We got some travel going on currently. You know, a lot of people asking us how we're going to spend our off season, um, <laughs> which it's, yeah, we have a lot planned actually a lot to squeeze in in just a few, few hours. Tron could not be here. We're doing an event in Tennessee this week. So he went up there for that earlier, uh, but he did send through, uh, I don't know if we want to call them Tron's takes. I don't know if, if we want to brand them somehow, but, uh, we'll, we'll sprinkle those in throughout the, throughout your broadcast here. He didn't get it done today at East Lake, uh, but Tron. Xander, Xander, uh-huh. he sure, he played great this week. He great did. all season, most notably starting in Hawaii. He was the first Callaway staffer to game the Mavericks Sub-Zero driver, and he nearly went back-to-back at the Tournament of Champions. From there, continued the great play over the course of the season. Uh, you know, I, I When I think of Xander, I think of the extremely strong iron play and very consistent uh, right-to-left uh, ball flight. That was bolstered by his Apex Pro 19 irons that he actually helped Callaway prototype and bring to life. How about that? I bet you didn't know that. When I think I of him, I think of his dad, but we'll get we'll into that get later. We'll get into that too. Yeah. Uh, in the shorter part of the bag, Xander's got the fan favorite Jaws wedge and the classic number seven shape on his Odyssey putter. Uh, I have both of those as well. Top it off with Coincidence? the Chrome Soft X20 golf ball, and that is the equipment recipe to be one of the players, one of the top players in the world, and clearly somebody who enjoys playing at Eastlake. That was a trendy pick coming in, but you guys had to sweat it a little bit. I almost uh, a little bit. I had JT also, so okay. I, I wasn't making you sweat it. Quite well, as much you as were I the one have. taunting, so that, <laughs> that was a reason you would you would be uh, you know sweating it a bit. Uh, based on his finishes over the last few years, there, uh, I can understand why people were picking him and why he had a great week. So, for additional detail about what's in his bag, visit callawaygolf.com slash Xander hyphen Shoffley. That's callawaygolf.com slash Xander hyphen Shoffley. Also, really quick before we get going, last week on the Precision Pro ad, I w- I said NX7 like five times. We're in, in the script, and quite clearly we are using the NX9, which you'll see upcoming in Taurus Sauce. So want to give a, uh, a a quick solid regrets the error on that one uh, before we get going. Here. Very cool of you. That's, I, it is very cool of me. So, Where should we start? I, I would say truly one of the – has to be one of the uh, – Best days in the history of the American jet ski industry with Dustin Johnson winning $15 million. What a thrill. I mean, it's hard to, we can, we're going to get into what the hell all of this all actually is, what it all means, whatever it is, you'd you'd have a hard time convincing me someone could win it more decidedly than (laughs) Dustin did. And I'm willing to propose this. Gosh, I thought I'd make it a lot further before I propose changes to this. Okay. If you win all three playoff events, you, you get the whole year. no. You get the whole FedEx <laughs> Cup purse. That's sick. I'm in on. I'm in on that. Who was the uh, the kind of like flashback thing we were doing on where they had the Florida prize, or if you won all the events in Florida, you got like oh a, yeah, a Ray, bonus? Floyd. Ray, Ray Floyd. Ray Floyd. He, yeah. If you won consecutive events on the Florida swing, you got a bonus of like two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which was like four x what the 
the the winning prize was. Um, Can you imagine if coming down the stretch it was what seventy million dollars? Everyone's rooting for JT. <laughs> like, dude, you got to birdie this hole, man. Like, DJ's gonna take seventy million. I'm supposed to win four for finishing in third. That would be absolute. Well, he wouldn't have because he didn't win BMW, but the, the point still stands. He basically did. So, so the only person he got beat I by in three events was one freakish like 60 foot putt that happened to go in i didn't fact check this but somebody made a really good point that if it is accurate is a very good point that dj letting i'm using air quotes here letting rom win helped him win this week because if rom didn't win jt would have been in second and would have mm. i mean dj ended up winning by three but it would have been much closer that Playing coming down chess. the stretch if i mean Again, that's butterfly <laughs> flaps his wings in the past, and who knows how it actually plays out. But that's somewhat interesting. That seems like fodder for the broadcast. We're like, you know, everyone thinks Dustin's just this sea ball hit ball guy, but you know, really, he planned this thing out three weeks ago by letting John <laughs> Rom win the BMW. What were your big takeaways today? What What are you uh, What are you burning on? I'm trying to stay as positive as possible. So sure. my big takeaways probably wouldn't be where I would want to go next. I kind of okay. want to just. I don't want to immediately turn to Wingfoot, but my immediate takeaway is like, that was really cool, man. Great golf, DJ. Like, that was pretty special. Second at the PGA, wins Northern Trust. Second at BMW, wins the Tour Championship. It kind of doesn't mean anything unless you win the U.S. Open, though. Like, yeah. whose fall would you take, DJ's or Colin Morikawa's? Right. No, that's that's extremely well uh, summarized. But, yeah, that's that was kind of my big one, too, is uh, I would applaud the Tour for the format change. I, again, like... People like to dump on the, you know, the strokes and the staggered start. And there's a couple of things to dump on with that. Uh, mostly the fact that DJ gets like an official PJ Tour win when he literally started the week at 10 under par. That's pretty fucking stupid. Beyond that, like it's more fun to watch. It's it's nice to know exactly where everybody stands, you know, watching on Sunday. It's nice to have all of those things. But yeah, especially, you know, before that back nine on Sunday, like this week, it just, there's no real... You know, nothing, no real gravitational pull to the telecast. It's a lot of just like, man, DJ's still playing really great. Like, hopefully he can, you know, what's it going to mean for Wingfoot? What's it going to mean for Wingfoot? And that's a tough draw for the Tour Championship, just having the schedule kind of shake out the way it has this year, because obviously that's not usually the case. But with a, a major 10 days away, uh, it's hard to really get up for, for anything else. Especially if you're going to actively ignore all the money that they're playing for, <laughs> which we can get into here in a second. Question from Jared uh, Lewandowski. Did the two-stroke advantage and format overall prove to be too much for an event like this, especially given course and conditions? Definitely felt like most players in the field never had a chance. I don't know if that's totally true. I mean, they didn't have DJ a chance because DJ it, like, played yeah, really well. He made it feel that way. It yeah. is extremely, and I don't want to zoom past this, like, yeah, you can say it's dumb that DJ gets a win for starting at 10 under, but I, I already said that. There, You can. <laughs> like, You are welcome to say that. You can't zoom past like sleeping on the like having that much pressure, being yeah. in the lead. Like JT admitted last year that it affected him, and DJ is the first one of these to close it out to go in with all that pressure on your shoulders, expectation that you should win fifteen million bucks and actually do it. Like I think that's worthy of of a, of a PGA should, Tour win. We should uh, point out the the shadow leaderboard, the OWGR leaderboard that they keep. Xander first place at minus fifteen. That's so this. Scotty, real quick, Scotty Scheffler minus 12, Dustin minus 11, JT minus 11, Tyrrell Hatton minus 10, John Rahm minus 9, Morikawa minus 8, the Rib minus 8, a couple other. What was the weekend, uh, Saturday, Sunday leaderboard at the BMW? No. Who, who won the weekend at BMW? <laughs> who won the weekend this week? 
You can you can do the shadow. Like people are way too obsessed with this shadow leaderboard. That wasn't the format this week. Guys. No, no, I'm with you. I know. I'm with you. I'm just I'm, pointing I'm out. I'm ranting to the people right now. Yeah. Guys, stop asking about the shadow leaderboard. When they do the the Dell Technologies match play, does anybody go say, okay, oh, who's the most under par? Who would have won the stroke play this week? <laughs> That's not the format. We get all this stroke play for all year long. We get a variable, a, a, you know, a different tournament at the end. And all anybody wants to do is talk about the 72-hole tournament, the tournament score. I don't understand it. No, I'm, I'm very much with you. Uh, I don't love... I guess you got to do something, but like the, the way the OWGR stuff shakes out is kind of weird. I'm I guess okay it with that, though. It like doesn't that, matter because all the guys are in the top 30 anyways, and there's, there's probably not some like major massive swings going on, but... Uh, that that part kind of weirds me out a little bit, but I guess you got to do that stuff. So, but that the OWGR is a measurement of golf and like how you are doing on the golf course against other people. Yeah, but I know that changes a lot whether you're. I, it I doesn't. Know. It doesn't. And, and this is where I, we were talking about this before we came on. And this is a very admittedly like dumb sports talk radio take, but I also think it it's is. The, the right take that I still think Dustin would have won. I know he didn't shoot the lowest score this week, but. I still think he beats Scotty Scheffler and Xander if they start from scratch. I don't think they like. I'm shooting from the hip completely, but I think it's a lot different. Prove him wrong. It's a lot different mentality when you start the week seven back and you're just firing, 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 like than it is starting from scratch and going out and beating the guy who has almost won the last three weeks in a row. Like I still think Dustin would have got it done. So I think that there's a strong argument against this format because with the old format. You had a secondary story there, which was who is winning the actual golf tournament. If a bunch of these start playing out like this, where, you know, it got close today. It did. It really did. But for the most, I mean, DJ was an a overwhelming favorite to win this thing from, I don't know what point on Saturday or Sunday until obviously until he did. At least, you know, in 2018, we had the Rose and Tiger thing going on at the same time which was confusing for people, but at least saved some reason to watch. Like if DJ would have been up four or five coming down, it would have been a especially tough watch. I would say that with DJ coming into the final round leading by five, that was the most exciting it could have gotten. Today. Yes. <laughs> you know, I think that was almost like the best case scenario. So to the Justin Rose example, I agree a little bit only because Tiger won probably, and that kept it interesting, but like I legitimately had already forgotten until just a couple days ago when we were looking this up that like Justin Rose won that FedEx Cup. And I don't think that's the point of the FedEx Cup. And I don't think that's the point of FedEx spending all that fucking money to do this. <laughs> What's funny is I that replay was on the other night and he walks, he, he you know, he taps in to, to win it. He kind of turns to the camera like, sorry guys, I know who you're rooting for. <laughs> And I was like, dude, actually no one really cares who wins that. We want to see Tiger win the tournament, man. <laughs> that's, yeah, we could... I feel like we've got a whole Justin Rose, uh, why does Justin Rose irk you podcast that we need to do in the future? No, I, that didn't even irk me that much. Is like, I know what he was trying, he was trying to be like, no, but that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah we'll dude. save it for the other podcast. Yeah, but dude. yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's not how it works. Not my thing. Um, so I don't know. I, I is the format great? No, is it like a good band aid of like, here it's simplified for the people, and here's how things are going to fall out, and there's a ton of money still at stake, even for the guy that doesn't win. I think it works fine. Now, yeah. what doesn't work for me is if you're going to actively ignore the amount of money that they're playing for on the broadcast. Yeah, which I think that that was probably done in reaction to for sure. some of the charity stuff and like everybody's taking a hit except for the players uh, this year that's involved with professional golf. And so I get why they would do it from an optics 
standpoint, but also like the amount of people who are going to connect those dots are probably far fewer than the amount of people who would be interested in knowing that Xander's putt was for a half a million dollars or a million dollars on on 18. If you're that embarrassed by <laughs> the amount of money you're paying out your players that you want to keep it a secret. Maybe that's the issue. <laughs> even when it's not a secret, like it's publicly available information and everyone that follows the game knows that this is happening, yet you want to treat the viewers like that that's not important and that that's not what they're playing for and that's not what's happening. Like the the, the point of, yes, it's COVID, there's people being laid off, the, the tour just laid off people, you know, people at home that have lost jobs and blah, blah, blah. Like that, that is 100% the reason. If that's the case and if that's how you feel that way, then more of this money should be going to the charities that are being shortchanged right now. If you're that embarrassed by it, that you basically keep it a secret or try to keep it a secret and these two... True internet sleuths sitting here are blowing the top <laughs> off this story that seventy million dollars was paid out or whatever it was today. I don't. I just don't get that. Such a short term, band aided strategy, and it's 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 the of the three possible things you could do. One is tell everyone what the money's for and pay it out. Two, ignore the money and still pay it out. Or three, do something that you are proud of, like say that you know how much percent of it is now going to towards charities and then tell the uh, people what they're playing for as well, that everything but option two works for me. Yeah, it seems... Uh, option And option three would have been most ideal, I think. Yeah, it would be... Uh, I, I don't know. I know I'm being way too idealist maybe, but it's it just seems like such a no-brainer that if you just took it, you know, if you just took 10% and said like, hey, 10% coming off of every place this year and here's the reasons why these people were laid off, this charity was shortchanged, blah, blah, blah. Here's where the money's going. We're going to make it a big talking point uh, during the week. Like uh, that just seems like such a home run. And if you're not willing to, I guess, to kind of, and maybe there's a bunch of like procedural reasons that can't happen. I, I, I'm trying to give like every benefit of the doubt here, but uh, like make players bitch about that. You know what I mean? Like, make yeah. the players be like, this is bullshit that you guys are not, that you guys are shortchanging me and giving it to charity. This is fucking stupid. Because you're going to, otherwise, those same players are going to go out every single week and be like, you know, we're just helping the community so much, man. This is what it's all for. Uh, we're, we're, we just, that, you know, that's really why, the, why we don't pay taxes is because uh, we're just doing such a force of good in the community. And it's just got to, seems like it's got to go both ways. But the term, I, I'm not a great vocab guy and I actually, looked up the term disingenuous before I tweeted it. This, I, I was stunned at how well it applied, which is not candid or sincere, typically by pretending that one knows less about something than one really does. Like everyone's like, they kind of hinted at it near the end. And they finally, Dan Hicks at the end was like, said Xander's putt on the, on the last hole is worth half a million dollars. It's like, you, uh, it was so throwaway though. But and you, it was so like, well, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta say something. You got, you can't, Make this whole season, the season-long race for the FedEx Cup, which is just a money dump. That's what it is, which is fine. You can't do that all year long and then ignore it at the absolute moment when it actually comes to matter. Unless, of course, people do it for the glory. And, and which brings me to my next point, maybe. This I, is the story that has that ain't been told. This is the story. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we tried to tell the story. We, we misattributed the band. Before we get to that, because <laughs> okay. I know it's important. <laughs> Listen, it wasn't the greatest finish today, you know, but it was. I would say it was a, it was a solid finish. So sure. I don't want to. I don't want to abuse the term great. DJ won it. It was. It was exciting to watch him win it. I don't want to. My point is, I don't want to abuse the term great finish. Oh, I see. Okay. Because speaking of great finishes, oh my gosh, have you discovered the greatness within Elijah Craig's small batch bourbon? If you were speaking of great finishes, you would want it to be a great finish today, right? 
Yeah. But I'm saying the small batch bourbon from Elijah Craig is a great finish. Even greater finish, you're saying. Yes. And I I wouldn't want to call, I I wouldn't want to lump today's finish in with that, of course. Okay, I see. Uh, Every bottle of their award winning small batch carries a signature warm spice and subtle smoke flavor. I believe, I hope you're okay with me disclosing this, that we sampled a little bit of this last night. A lot bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot bit of it. Um, Yeah. It was, it was delightful. It's exceptionally smooth and well-balanced. I'm a rocks guy, and I know you like an old-fashioned. I like an old-fashioned as well. I don't know how to make one, but at home, I have it on the rocks. Sure. I'll drink it. I'll drink it all. Neil's a big Manhattan guy, so I always got to keep some vermouth in the house. Neil's the only person that drinks vermouth. <laughs> Elijah Craig was named the be- the best small-batch bourbon at the San Francisco World Spirits competition. So anytime you're watching sports on TV or you know, at your own house, or enjoy it with a glass of Elijah Craig. It makes the golf more entertaining, I will definitely say. I actually didn't drink today. Kind of wish I would have. I know we got a lot of booze in, uh, ahead of us this coming week. But pick up a bottle today or order online and discover the greatness within. No Laying Up is brought to you by Elijah Craig Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Bardstown, Kentucky, 47% alcohol by volume. Elijah Craig reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right. We, a big mea culpa on your end here. Yes. Uh, I had wrongfully attributed in, I believe, last week's podcast the uh, – the glory song, uh, you know, for for lack of a better term, to a band called The Score. I was blown away that it had 47 million streams. I didn't think some, you know, something couldn't have been right with that. And it turns out something wasn't right. Uh, shout out to an eagle-eared uh, listener who shazammed the song and found out that it was not by The Score. It was actually, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because in true, uh, you know, class acts tour fashion and in true uh year of 2020 fashion it's by a band called the american gentleman and so i just want to give a shout out to the tour for choosing <laughs> choosing a band that couldn't have been more of gentlemen uh throughout to 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 voice you know give a voice to this this season-long race uh and so i just wanted to give them a shout out and it turns out it has 1900 streams not 47 million, as had been previously ah, reported. So, you, were, you were really close. <laughs> so mea culpa on my on my end to both the score and to the American gentleman. <laughs> that didn't sound right when you said it last I know, week. that's why I was so blown away. Right. Uh, I didn't get, hear any other corrections come, in, come through until today, actually. Not a lot so. of score fans out there. Yeah, apparently. not a lot of people auditing anything yeah. that is said on Or just so. not a lot of people listening, <laughs> possibly, <laughs> as well. That very well uh, could be it. It, There's a couple of Dustin things I, I sure. still think we need, need to talk about let's here a little bit, it. and and let's kind of you know you mentioned the money stuff. Let's get that you know just out front here. First place, fifteen million dollars. Second place, five million dollars. Third place, four million dollars. It's going to keep going like that for a little bit. Fourth place, three million, two and a half million, one point nine million, one point three million, one point one million, nine hundred and fifty k, eight hundred and thirty k for tenth. So. That's a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of money going on. Really, all four of these weeks, Lavner uh, tweeted. Did you see this? I the, did. The number that Dustin's won over the last four weeks, like eighteen point four million or something. Like eighteen point seven million dollars over the last four weeks for Dustin Johnson, which is roughly the same. At, uh, you know, career earning stuff is always always gets uh, you know kind of unfairly used, but I think this one's pretty fair. That's the same as the career earnings of David Duvall. Former get, world number one, David you, Duvall. You got to remember, this is a pre-FedEx Cup. Era. This was a. Yeah. That's the the point of the whole thing. Is uh, man, you got to play your golf at the right time in the right era. Apparently, I got really deep in like the career FedEx Cup bonus money leaders today. Oh, it's unbelievable. You know why? You know why I did? Because they ignored it so much <laughs> that I was like, all right, this is now the biggest story of the day. I was really hoping, and DJ kind of blew his opportunity at this. Anything but a win today would have put him 
above several people that have won the FedEx Cup in career FedEx Cup bonus earnings really? without having won that's, one. See, like, that's a legit impressive stat. He was knocking on the door. VJ is the lowest ever uh, with $11.2 and he won $10 million in the year that he won it in 08. Um, so could you, I guess I made it easy for you to venture guesses as to who the top 10 are and, uh, and could you could you do it in any kind of order of who the the most FedEx Cup money in their careers earned? Yes, those guys I bet are? I could. Okay. Uh, well, Cat has two, so I'm going to say he's number one. He is not number one. Rory's number one. Rory is number okay, one. So Rory's 30, number one. Cat's number two. Thirty point nine for Rory. Twenty eight point four for Tiger. Probably JT after that. It is not well. It is now DJ. Oh right. Okay. Now DJ will be at like twenty five point nine million now. That's a lot, man. Of just like just straight bonus, just money. shadow money. Yeah. Man, eleven million in shadow money before today. That's going to be uh, one of the weird. You know, I don't know if anybody cares about this, but that's going to be a weird thing going forward when people look back at like career earnings from this era. Is like none of that stuff will be counted. Well, These now guys, it will be. Now, no, I, I just mean on like the PJ Tour website. Like, if you go look at someone's like career earnings, none of that counts. But it has to now, right? Because you get fifteen million for winning the playoff finale, right? So, like Rory and DJs, that's got to go to career earnings, right? That's interesting. I don't know. I should yeah. have looked that up before I actually started there, off. There is, that. and I just found this too. There is a FedEx Cup bonus money page within the PGA Tour. It shows twenty nineteen. Actually, yeah, that maybe I may be wrong there because it says Rory McIlroy got fifteen million in in FedEx Cup bonus money last year. So he got zero for I guess winning the. I don't know. I don't know well, how you they do it for the glory. That. At the That's true. That's, I forgot so, about that. Beyond that, just a couple other DJ things to shout out. The drive at eighteen. I feel like they didn't make a big enough. Did you want deal of? Sorry, did you want to finish guessing on on bonus money? Oh, sorry. What number are we on? Five. You got through three. Well, and then DJ and then JT. JT is actually behind three other guys whose first names all start with J. Really? Yeah. Furyk. Yep. Jordan. Yep. And uh, Justin Rose. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Then Henrik. Then Snedeker. Billy Horschel. Bill Haas. And then now Phil is the most, uh, Fed, actually Xander probably is now, uh, the most FedEx Cup money ever earned uh, without winning it. Yeah, it's definitely Xander now. Xander's got over $11 million in FedEx Cup money in, in four seasons. Wild. And it <laughs> seems like all all accounts, uh, you know, kind of point to this bonus money going up even more over the next few years. So good shit. Keep the PGL away <laughs> as best they can. Should, so, we, the, should we do some of Tron's takes? That, yes. Just to wrap up, we were saying though about like the money, you know, the money going to the players and not to charities. I think a good case could be made for the tour to say like, yo, now is not the time to be shortchanging our players for the long-term run of golf, PGA tour golf and charities and that money going to them. Like, please just trust us on this. We need to pay our players right now. That's fair. I would listen to that. Yeah. So to be fair to them. So, well, yeah, uh, there, and that's kind of what I'm getting at is there's a million reasons why it probably shakes out the way it does and 70, and 70, million, 70 million reasons why it probably shakes out the way it does. But it's just as soon as you want to play like the the optics game of let's not even bring it up, it's like, dude, that's got to it's got to go both ways. That's what makes to, me. That's why it got me all worked up. So go ahead, you had some Tron takes. We'll just kind of sprinkle these in. These are very bullet points. I haven't really read these, so I don't know what we're gonna get ourselves into. And if any of this is uh, legally objectionable, these are Tron's takes, not my takes. Uh, first one: East Lake equals soulless disgrace. This tournament has stunk since the first year they had it at Eastlake in 98. Lacks any juice. Nobody in Atlanta cares, even when there are fans. Boring layout for tournament drama. Have it on the fucking West Coast in prime time at some point. Tour continues to lead sports in strokes gained. Lack of creativity. 
I think you could soften that, <laughs> but I, you know, I don't know if you can really argue with maybe the uh, the crux of what he's getting at there. I think it's been decently exciting since they switched the nines. Basically, it is it concluded. What's exciting about it? I, I mean, Rory in 16, that was pretty awesome. Rory, hold, it, hold out two years ago when he won it. Literally. Couldn't tell you, but hold out in 16. Like, that was on that the was 16th longer, hole. That was like four years ago, I think. That was in 2016 as well then? Yeah. Okay. Um, that was, I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. Last year was kind of somewhat boring. 2018 was obviously awesome. Yeah. The cat. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's, I do think of it, course, it's going to feel extra dull with no fans. Like, 30 players with like all these pretend stakes at, at you know all this all this hype, like fake drama hyped up around it is of course like going to feel this dull and i think that he's like might might very well stink well there's i feel like it's kind of a two-pronged uh stinkage because i think that it stinks on tv but i think it also i think like so many other golf courses we talk about like it it's a good tournament test right i mean i feel like the best player wins there there's nothing fluky about it it punishes bad shots i mean the the rough seemed a little absurd like even dustin said that in the uh, post rounder where he's like yeah i mean you you think you're like driving it great and i guess you're not because the fairways are so narrow so you're you're kind of you know you're still hacking it out of the rough like i think it becomes a little bit of a crapshoot especially when guys like that really hit me today when guys are just like cheering when the ball gets in the bunker it's like okay well then i guess we should take out all the bunkers because that seems like the opposite of the point of a hazard uh, or penalty area, whatever you want to call it. But I think on the flip side of that, you're always going to have pretty good competition just because you have the best players, right? I mean, it's it's always going to be seem probably a little artificially exciting because you've got big names and all that stuff. And I, I think it would probably feel like that on any golf course. And I think if you went to a better, more interesting golf course, it would be better and more interesting, I guess would be my take. Yeah, I think it's very PGA Tour. Like, I don't think it's worse than a lot of golf courses, and I don't think it's really better. I think it's very just kind of middle-of-the-road tour. I thought the pins were actually really excellent today. I did, I too. They were super interesting. It was and, cool that there were bogeys out there. Yeah. I mean, it was cool that, like, you know, even beyond, if you drove it, you know, off the fairway, you could definitely make bogeys. We saw a number of, God, the Bermuda Rough, we should talk about that for a sec, was just, like, completely not ridiculous, but I mean, it was just like soul crushing. Rory shot on Saturday. And Bryson's today. Yeah. Bryson. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> Rory's was, I mean, yeah, I literally, this happened to me earlier this week in like the summer Bermuda, a ball nestled down so far that I, I hit a seven iron about 20 yards with like a full swing. And so like when Rory did it, I was like, I know everyone was doing the one of us as soon as he did it, but I was really feeling it like, all right, that is re- a relief to see somebody to see that happen because balls that settle at the bottom of thick ass Bermuda rough, that I totally agree. I find extremely boring to watch in pro golf. Like, I just don't think like, it's truly limiting guys' ability to hit really good recovery shots does not make for great television, I don't think. And that's what I had in my notes was Eastlake does a good job at the things that you totally can't see on TV or the things that are like bad on TV where it's. It looks on TV, it looks like dead flat, just like really extremely boring walk. And it's not. It's a really cool piece of property. It's up and down and crazy, like lots of movement going on out there on that property. Uh, you can't get any of that from TV. So right. that that kind of sucks. But I also do- doesn't seem like it uses it all that well. It's basically just like, hitting a lot of tee shots like down the hill or up the hill. You know, it's I don't feel like it plays on the side slopes very much, uh, which kind of sucks. And, and there's just nothing... 
nothing crazy. You don't ever see balls like banking out there or anything nuts. It's just like hit this very narrow fairway. Yeah. And sometimes we're going to go downhill and sometimes we're going to go uphill. So that and the the really thick rough is just like not super fun to watch on TV unless I, people are chunking into the water, which is sick. I will say they mix in short holes very well. I think it's got some interesting <laughs> holes that have gotten short because of technology. Yes, I would say. Yeah, like not like not overly lengthening. There, there are holes that are essentially driver wedge if you want to try to pound a driver down there, but there's enough risk in doing that that not everyone is taking advantage of them. And the short holes have some bite to them. They're not gimme birdies. There's definitely not gimme birdies out there. I think that it you know invites a lot of different playing styles in, into the picture. Yeah, so. I think that's fair. I, and I I will say that you know to Tron's comment about uh, have it on the fucking West Coast in prime time at some point. Agree. I think. Many, many people would agree. I'm sure even some people at the tour would agree with that. I think part of the <laughs> very obvious challenge is Southern Company and Coke are both based in Atlanta, and that's why they're in Atlanta. <laughs> like, that's it. And I don't even think there's anything really all that more interesting, like, in Atlanta to, to move it to. So no, I, I can't imagine, like, what does it cost to have, and maybe this is FedEx, I don't know how this breaks down, but to have the whole back nine commercial free, that's FedEx and Southern Company and Coke putting up some pretty good amounts of money. And uh, that would be really hard to go just like find elsewhere and say, thanks guys for your sponsorship for 20 years, but we're going to go move it over here. Or play the tour championship like this. And it ends with eight people that qualify for the match play part of it. Like attack on at the end. I, I saw this circulating on Twitter a little bit this week. A couple people out there were passing this off as their idea. This has been my case for about five years now. That gets rid of all arguments of like, oh, match play doesn't draw great, blah, blah, blah. We can't switch a tournament from stroke play to match play. We have this sponsor that wants us to do this, this, blah, blah, blah. No, FedEx Cup, FedEx is not going to argue with you if they get extra golf out of this and they truly get their own head-to-head match play for all the cash. You can make it all about the cash at the end and you, you do it in prime time during the week at the end of a season. I mean, it's a little tough when you start your next season, literally a few hours after it, but... 64 if, hours, I think, is what Justin Ray said. If you had this week dedicated to like watching the playoff of the playoffs, I would watch the shit out of that. Yeah. You can handicap it in that the one seed starts four up, the two seed starts three up. You can do all these things. It's kind of hard to say, having just been like bludgeoned over the head with FedEx Cup stuff for the last three weeks and the weird start. and It's, it's, weird, to, it's weird to know what my appetite would be for like more FedEx Cup psych right now i I don't know that i I would totally have it i think which i said a couple weeks ago make this just a big like march madness style weeks long match play bracket like break up the matches and really make it much more like march madness one versus one different times a day and it's like hey justin thomas like you're going to the first round is in you know new york or boston or wherever they want to have all caps the northern trust and you might only play two matches. And if you get out of there, then you move to Boston. You might play two matches there. And then if you get there, you, you know, you play in Atlanta, whatever. I think that would be so much more fun to like be thinking about, oh shit, it's Dustin versus Rom all week rather than what if we started one guy at minus 10. Right. I, I, I think that there is like, that is dream scenario. I think that there's a reason enough out there and I don't pretend to really know how these tournaments operate as well, but it is such a, quick like non-starter for so many people that work in golf of like why match play doesn't work and i trust that to a certain extent that i don't think you can say hey give me you know take my stroke play event that ensures that these players are all going to be there for four days 
and take that away. And now I don't know if Dustin Johnson is going to be there on the weekend at my at my hospitality when I want to host hospitality. On the yeah. Weekend, so it just seems like I mean, look at the fucking like look at the names that were up there. Like if you do it the right way, like you're yeah. going to. First of all, this goes back to what we were saying a couple weeks ago too. Is like you don't let in you know, 125 guys. Like that's, that's the problem. And we'll get to this with F1. Honestly, I know this is going to sound like a reacher of a parallel, but so Pierre Gasly wins in F1 this week. And it's seemingly this quote unquote, like massive underdog. He's the first person from non Mercedes, non Red Bull, non Ferrari to win. It's in like six years or something like that. And that seems like a massive upset, right? And it is a massive upset. But the difference is with F1, you only have 20 guys. So you have full context of who the who the favorites are, who the downsides are, all of these things. And it's not that Pierre Gasly is a massive underdog. He's still one of the only 20 <laughs> best people in this sport. And that's the problem is like an underdog like Michael Thompson, no offense to Michael Thompson, people don't have space in their brains to keep tabs on 125 different players. And like they're not going to, be psyched for all, you know, 125 of those guys. Like, that's just not how it works. If you limit the number of people that can get in, I feel like people have more of a frame of reference. They know who the favorites are, who the underdogs are, even if, you know, on paper, they're not as quote unquote favorite and underdoggy. Yeah. So just let less guys into the fucking playoffs. That's the problem. That's your issue, I think. Moving down, Tron's, uh, speaking of underdogs, this is again verbatim from Tron. Scotty, 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 I'd like a public apology from Solly. Be getting no public apology for any of that. So, uh, Scotty Scheffler wins $5.3 million this season without a win or a runner up finish. Does that feel right to you? It doesn't feel right to anyone, I'm sure. But, on, but if this happened in a flip situation, TC would be furious about this. <laughs> but him benefiting from it, I'm sure he's in love with it. I mean, yeah, Scotty had a great year. He, great year. He, he, you know, he made it to the tour championship, played great at the tour championship, and, uh, shot 66, 66, 65 the last three rounds to make a lot Almost of Almost a triple McKenzie Hughes. Almost. Went one you deeper one than better. it. Yeah. Uh, which a lot of people don't realize, like, you really you can't go deeper than 66 in order to get a McKenzie Hughes, which we should shout out JT. 66, 66 in the last two rounds without the win. It's an official McKenzie Hughes. That is an official McKenzie Hughes, so... Um, no, I mean, it's the end of the whatever this season is, and I won it, so I, and I don't hear an apology from anyone else <laughs> on that, so... Uh, no, we will, I like we to... will not apologize. Uh, th- I believe this next one's an F1 take. Hate to see Stroll get a podium. Of course, he's being facetious. Tough look for all the haters. Maybe people should look deeper into whether Signs is a fluffer instead of continually giving We're Lance saving F1 to the end. Time. All right, now he gets back into golf. Also, hate to see DeMeglio bootlicking the tour and participating in state-run media. I, don't, I think that's in reference to a USA Today column. I'll let you dig deeper on your own for that. Uh what, what do you want to move into next? We'll break these up. I was going to get to some of the questions that uh, that sure. flowed through because I'm very poor at getting to them. It's so much easier to get to questions, though, when there's just two of us. But uh, Herm Train says, just <laughs> me, or was this the most boring tour championship they've ever had? No, I don't. It's been far more boring. There's been far more boring, but I'm ready to recirculate this take. New season coming up. I'm ready for dubbed-in crowd noise. I watched a baseball game with it the other night, and by the third inning... I had totally forgotten that it was like dubbed in. Like it was a pl- gentle applause for a single, you know, a little bit more noise for a strikeout or a home run or something like that. It, it feels like just taking the taking the the red pill and just being like, dude, I don't even care. Trick my brain. Yes. I, and I would be way too unsettled by that the whole time. I'd, I'd constantly be remembering like, 
No, I'm not. I'm not falling for this shit. I, I refuse to to let this into my brain. I think you'd forget about it, and I think it I would think help I would too. That's why I don't want yeah. to do it. It but would help it with the excitement. Cre- like that is it is so much harder to get amped in these big pressure moments. If the telecast is going to stink and there's no crowd noise, that's a huge ask. You are asking people at home to like convince themselves that this is dramatic and exciting. Which is yeah, BMW is a little unfairly spectacular. Well, and they had crowd noise on 18. Well, that's true. There was enough people around yeah. there for those moments. Like that made a difference. So I think that that contributed, of course, to feeling maybe extra, extra, you know, boring, whatever. I got a list of questions as well. we'll oh, we'll look volley. at you, uh, Bryson Gordon. No relation. Relation to the big golfer. Is DJ not folding on Sunday the biggest proof yet that the FedEx Cup isn't a big event? <laughs> uh, that's a very interesting take, but I, I would say I think Dustin would have won any tournament that he was playing today. Yeah, that just makes me more upset. Again, all of these make me more upset that he like doesn't take Harding Park and just run with it. And so many other ones, uh, even since he's won one, it just seems like he should be racking up way more of these like it's so very clear as to how talented he is and i winning i big randy's not here like people asking you know to extend like whatever is is get a leave of absence on his life or whatever you want to extend i don't know what you want to call it stay of execution yeah and no it doesn't change anything like you can win 30 more of these and the fact that you only have one of the majors is what makes it so frustrating the fact that he has this much success like i don't know Rory's got 18 tour wins and four majors. DJ's got 24 wins now, whatever it is, 23, and one major. Like That's that's a tough balance. That's tough. Uh, and I will say uh, to your – the data golf stuff, the probability of like, you know, he shouldn't really win all of these, blah, blah, blah. That felt more like Harding Park to me where like he did play. He didn't kick Harding Park away. Like Morikawa took it, I felt like. Yeah. And, just, and so I, I'm buoyed by that, which is I think the best sign that, you know, We'll hopefully see him play well at at Wingfoot too, and like I'm rooting for it, man. Like I I love watching him win, and I want him to get five majors. I mean, I think that is good for oh 100%, everybody. Yeah. But I, I think that he played. Hopefully, Harding Park doesn't go down as like oh another one he lost because he's very much lost plenty of them. There's been more heartbreak. I feel like he yeah. just got beaten at but Harding it, Park. Yeah, it just felt like truly the time to like go and take one by the horns again. Like I know he did that at Oakmont, but like that felt. I don't know. I don't know why that one bothered me so much because it was because I think he's because he's had so much success since he won Oakmont. Like 2018, that year was absurd how often he won. And the fact that no more majors have come since then, despite all of this good golf, to not get the majors out of it, to not, I don't know, be able to convert any of those, it just bothers me. Uh, There's a good question from SC Buckeye. Has someone made sure DJ's team has rented a house with only one story for both Wingfoot and Augusta? Of course, I would say. A lot of parallels uh, to what we saw going into that 2017 Masters where I had to look it up, uh, but he finished T3 at Pebble, one Riv, one Mexico, won the match play, and then oh my God. took his spill on the on the stairs at uh, at Augusta. So fairly similar stretch here that, you know, T2 at the PGA, win, second, win. And the and the second at BMW was in a playoff. And the second was essentially a win. I still think that there's something that there's something there. You should get more money for a runner up 
in a playoff than a true runner-up. That's I would listen nobody to that. beat you over seventy-two holes. Yeah, no, there I should be to that. some kind of some kind of extra bonus with that. I Not also that, think all PGA Tour events should be winner take all, but that's a separate. Well, money clearly doesn't matter anymore as well. Also, Philip Johnson asks, "Why should I care about the FedEx Cup? The FedEx Cup? The, I was going to say yeah. you shouldn't care about the FedEx Cup. Yeah, uh, why should I care about the FedEx Cup? It, it, you can laugh the question, but like I think that is a a no, it's a big great picture question. question. Totally, no, yeah. it's a great question, and it's one that. I have, I don't want to say wrestled with, because I wouldn't say I, you know, give it all that much thought, but it's something, like, it's very easy to make fun of. It's very fun to make fun of. I enjoy making fun of it and will continue to make fun of it. However, like, look at the winners. The winners have oh, yeah. been pretty much in line with probably who the best player is that year, you know? I mean, like, look, look back at, you had... DJ this year, you had uh, Rory last year, Justin Rose, like Spieth, JT, Rory. I, I mean, Henrik Stenson, it's yeah, Snedeker it's, it's was been really good that year. Pretty, and I do think you got to give the tour credit. I mean, of course, it's taken eight or nine iterations of changing the points and the formats and all that stuff, but it seems pretty optimized right now to like really identifying the For best sure. player. And so, I think both things can be true it's also still going to be fun to make fun of at least for another generation but that's why i think this <laughs> i'm serious i think this shit like takes legitimately like generations like look at the players championship is i think another good example of this where like the players was a really good and fine tournament for a long time right then it felt like all the pressure kind of ratcheted up to like let's try to make you know let's try to quietly make this a major let's try to quietly make this a major blah, blah, blah. And there's just been like a generation's worth of people who are like, fuck this. No, it's not a major. And I really think like you're already starting to see people turn now into like, dude, it's like, look at the field, look at the golf course, look at the purse, look at the winners, look at like, it's a really great tournament. And I think like that stuff just takes a really long time to shift. And that's what makes me laugh about like the optic stuff and like, oh, we got to really control this and that and really like manipulate how people think about the FedEx Cup is because, like, dude, there's nothing you can do. It's just going to take time. And that's why people like the majors is because they've been around for a really fucking long time. <laughs> like, that's that's it. Well, and also when it came out, $10 million was such an absurd amount of it's, money. I remember, yeah. like, definitely not covering golf at this time. I was in college, and that came out, and I was like, oh, my God, I want to watch that. Because they give out, like, not at that point, not even $2 million for the biggest tournament, right? So right. now there's a tournament that's going to be basically like 10x what a, what a big tournament is. Holy shit, that's going to be wild to watch that. Now, when you do this for over a decade now, that $15 million for a lot of these guys doesn't, I'm not going to say it doesn't get them going. I'm sure they, they've got a, a whole lot of stuff going on, on within them playing for that much money. But for fans, it's no longer that interesting for me. Like if DJ adds $15 million. It'd be one thing if like, you know, DJ's career earnings were 15 million and then he right. doubles them today. Yeah. But even that is like, it's such an amount of money that so few people can relate to. Yeah. It's like, dude, I, I remember asking like Phil that when we had our, our thing at the match. Cause that was going to be my other example is, you know, I was with you when I first heard like, Oh my God, $10 million. I can't wait to watch that. And then you watch it a couple of times. You're like, this sucks. Like I don't, <laughs> turns out I don't care about that at all. And uh, the match was the same way, right? Everybody thought like, oh my God, this is going to be so cool so much for $9 million. This is so amazing. And it's like, no. I had infinitely more fun watching, you know, the one with Peyton Manning and yes. Tom Brady. I have no idea what they even played for. And I, I think it's that's charity. kind of the point. And, I, and that's where like, 
I do get the optic stuff of like, don't make it about the money. It's about the trophy. It's about the trophy. It's about the glory. We do it for the glory. We do it for the glory. It's like, I guess if you do that for literally years, maybe you can beat it into people's heads. But like, until you do, like, it's going to get made fun of. And I think the tour has got to probably uh, wear that a little bit. Who's the player of the year? Dustin. Yeah. I, I think. I mean, if, if he's not, then one, I don't know why that award exists if there's a FedEx Cup. Like, what else are we yeah. doing the FedEx Cup for? Because I think they would get completely excoriated if they were to say we're not doing a player of the year award and it's just going to go to the FedEx Cup winner. That would be hashtag not good amongst the media. Yeah. I mean, the players vote on the player of the year, though, right? They do, but I think that's always been, like, the longstanding thing is, like, oh, whoever won the majors, like, they're the player of the year. Oh, I see what you mean. You know I what I mean? Like, yeah, the, yeah. like, imagine how pissed people would be if it was, like, oh, yeah, Rory won two majors and, you know, four other events, but, you know, JT won the FedEx Cup, so he's player of the year. Like, that would be a complete disaster. Who? Yeah. <sighs> so much money. <laughs> Whose year are you taking, Morikawa or DJ's? Uh, as someone who has less than $15 million in their bank account, I would happily take DJ's season over Morikawa's. But I, I don't, I mean, I, think, I, w- I would think yeah. DJ would rather have Morikawa's. Maybe. Think about it. I don't know. How much money is a major worth? I mean, one, literally $18 million the last four weeks. <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard to ex- explain this maybe because I'm, I'm trying to paraphrase what I the feeling I get from talking to tour guys about this more so than it's not a direct quote, but like those guys just want to play and be recognized for really good golf, like majors and, and good fields and stuff. I, I, in that I'm saying basically like, I think fans tend to overrate the majors more than players do. Like they'd rather play good, long sustained golf than have a peak win a major tournament yeah. you know what i mean no i i totally agree and, i might and be over generalizing it but like just in general they would love to just go play golf like dj just did and that's that's exactly right and i hope at least like it, it definitely won't amongst fans or amongst uh his fellow players but i hope that amongst fans it doesn't get poo-pooed away as like well the fedex cup is dumb so like that no, doesn't really count no. But, yeah. but I think that will. Like, I saw a bunch yeah. of tweets that were like, yeah, but he still only got one major. It's like, dude, he's kicked the shit out of everybody. He is playing by so far the best golf in the world right now. And, like, hopefully it doesn't get discounted because the FedEx Cup is dumb. Do you know what I mean? It is still max effort from all parties involved to win the FedEx yes. Cup. So in that regard, it is a significant golf achievement. Like, without any argument. I mean, if anyone argues that, like, get the fuck out of here. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> that is, it's Christmas season start. long. It's a like, very prestigious award. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we can make fun of it because they try to make it seem more prestigious than it is. But in that regard, like, yeah, dude, like, we're all playing for the biggest cash pile in golf. Like, who's going to go win it? And yeah. DJ outfit everyone. Like, that's noteworthy. And I guess this is where I'm getting at is, you know, this is how the change takes place. Over the next, you know, five, ten years, we're going to be like, you know, no, you know what? People used to make fun of this, but it's rules. The FedEx Cup's the only thing that matters. It's the true indicator. That's why these guys do it. It's not about the money. So they, just watch yourself. They cut that's, away. How it, that's how it happens. They cut away from this championship this week to do a commercial for the start of the new FedEx Cup season. <laughs> so <laughs> listen, there, are many, there are many own goals. There are a yeah. lot of things that are going to be available for uh, us to make fun of. And they got it. They squeezed in. I thought they were going to go for one on the back nine. They actually went commercial free on the back nine. Yeah. But Thought that we were going to get a back nine commercial for the FedEx Cup championship <laughs> during the FedEx Cup championship. Make I sure thought we watch. would. We got a front nine one. Uh, Tron had some many thoughts on this. Uh, 
<laughs> heck of a year for Tyrell Hatton. Sebastian Munoz had a hashtag elite year. Harris English continues to absolutely flush the ball. Heck of a season. Missed op this week for Honest Abe after his opening 64. Mackenzie Hughes is my vote for player of the year. Leash birdied his last two uh, shot under par today. We could build on that. You probably um, scrolled all the way down to give a, a shout-out to Lonto Griffin for <laughs> finishing 18th in the FedEx Cup this year. Fantastic season. Very cool for you. Um, and uh, part of a... Well, I'm I'm calling a victorious FedEx Cup team. You guys can gerrymander it however you want. I can win two titles. I don't really care how it, how it all goes. So. You just want to be recognized for good play. I just that's what it is. Um, Tron actually, in his next note, brings up a very interesting point that DJ winning the quote PJ Tour's ultimate prize end quote and then announcing he's going to the PGL would be the ultimate chef's kiss. Uh, tell, tell me about the Steve Sands interview afterward. Oh God, it was the be- like that was my favorite part of the day, and I don't want to read too much into it, but. It, like Sands was doing some Simone Biles gymnastics to uh, get DJ to like give a good soundbite about the about the FedEx Cup and how much it means and how it's you know legacy cementing stuff. And he said, so he said something like, you know, Dustin, this is obviously like something that you know you're you're such a private person with regards to your goals, and you came out this week and you said that you needed to win the FedEx Cup in order to really cement your legacy. You said that out loud. You felt it was so important to say that out loud that you needed to win this event. Why did you feel like you needed to win in order to really cement your legacy as one of the greatest players of all time by winning the FedEx Cup? And Dustin said, "Well, yeah." Well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't need to win it. I said I wanted to win it. Uh, My favorite thing with you is like so good. having been present for a conversation <laughs> that you tell the story about it and the exaggeration that comes with it. And I heard Steve Sands ask that. And that, that was minorly exaggerated. That's that impressive, though. Like, I love it. I, I, you draw me in every time you go to tell this, <laughs> tell a story of how somebody said oh, something. I didn't need to win it. I, I, that was like another... Uh, and listen, I get, man, that you've, you've probably shot the wad as far as Dustin Intel and Dustin takes and all of that stuff goes since he hasn't really trailed over the last like three weeks. But uh, it was funny just flipping on like Golf Central afterwards and stuff. And I know Azinger said this and Dan Hicks said this. And when you really break it down, it's it's pretty laughable that they, they kept just saying the same thing that like, you know, he came in and he said this FedEx Cup was something he wanted to win. <laughs> and then he did it. It's like, yeah, I think that's fucking everybody, man. It's I think f- they all want to win it. And then they tr- if they do, then they do. It's my favorite Roger Malpeyism ever is, I mean, he's a guy that just hates making He just bogeys. hates making bogeys. <laughs> um, he, can wa- I do, he really wanted this one. And then he won it. Can I do big winner and big big loser in terms of how, <laughs> so, how, the, how the tour championship playoff finale, whatever, played out in terms of money? Someone last week, I know I'm just itching to get to F1, but somebody... Uh, suggested that we have a rock star of the week and wanker of the week. Yes. Uh, in so, honor of Gunter Steiner. So rock maybe. star of the week is Xander Shoffley. So he came in the week in 14th, which would have projected him for $620,000 payday. He finished tied for second for $4.5 million. So he basically basically earned himself $4 million with his play this week. The Jeez. big loser... Um, wanker. Hate, hate, the, the big wanker, Webb Simpson. Came in. Project- Webb might hate money at this event. He projected for fourth place, which would have been $3 million. He finished tied for 12th, which got him somewhere around 685K or something like that. So lost about 2.4. And I use lost and gained in quotes. Like nobody counts the money until it actually hits their bank account. But as far as what where you came in at, got a handicap and where you ended, uh, that's that's the, the extremes 
and I imagine Webb's drop would not have been as severe under the old format. That's what I was going to say. We talked about this. I know a lot coming in, but uh, I I think that's kind of cool. I love that there's more volatility and that you can actually, if you play horrifyingly bad, I mean, you could go from 5th to 25th. And Bryson went from 8th to 22nd, but that go. was only a dip of about six to 700,000. In ter- just because eighth was only worth one point one million, I can't believe I, that's a sentence that's actually been, just been said. <laughs> that's a tough, uh, you know. I don't know how much time we want to devote, but a tough playoffs for uh, the big golfer. Yeah, I think he's little. Like, there's questions about his sustainability, and yeah, I, listen. Do I think the, that Olympia and East Lake were good format for him? Not necessarily, or like good setups for him. No, I don't. Did I bet on him in both of those weeks? <laughs> DraftKings, guess I did. It was not a great season. Question from Benny GQ. Does this run give us any additional thoughts on Shoffley going into these two majors, or is it just another good FedEx Cup run from, and he'll be middle-of-the-road favorite going into the weekend? Uh, I mean, what's the question? I don't really know. Do it's we not, think Xander's going to win a major? Like, going into yes, the I think he's like one of the you know, so, five players you got to put on your very, very short list for every major going forward until you know until further notice but it doesn't feel like he gets treated that way no absolutely know? not and so i i tweeted something to this avail but uh i got kind of not peeved but i feel like Faraday was like the 400th person that i've heard mention xander's dad and like this unorthodox relationship and Faraday was like very coy about it like oh yeah you know xander and He's got quite an interesting relationship with his dad, who was in the interview also. And yeah, they uh, do things pretty unorthodoxly. And I was like, and then they just moved on. I was like, what the hell does that mean? And so I started digging. What an unbelievable story. I don't know how I didn't read it. From last January, I think it was Todd Leonard uh, in the San Diego paper. PGA.com is where I ended up reading it. But that was like the first deep dive that I've actually read on Xander and his family and his upbringing. It was fucking amazing. And hearing his dad was just like, I don't want to say like overbearing, but that was kind of the vibe that uh, like overbearing, but also it sounds like they're totally like fine and very close and have a very good relationship. So I I think it's kind of like a double-edged Mega strict, yes, but but also disciplined military, yes. So like uh, Xander's interview on the Earn Your Edge podcast with Corey Lundberg and uh, Cameron McCormick is excellent, and he doesn't really like steer right into that, but mentions like it makes ten different remarks throughout it of like, well, yeah, like basically alluding to his dad's presence, which is like he, he doesn't do it with bitterness, but kind of like a yeah, like that wouldn't have flown with my dad. And there was a bunch of stuff that uh, you know was in this article, and I won't quote it all just like please seek it out and go read it but it was uh you know like his dad wouldn't let him take photos with trophies in junior golf he wouldn't let him play par three courses he wouldn't let like all these different like super i don't shout out to rain (laughs) just all these like different fascinating things and i think i was texting somebody about it today and i was like man that's like that's what i've been dying for is like and that's what i think we've said on this podcast a million times is like man i would love to ride for Xander. I would have loved to like really be feeling something with Xander in the mix today, but I just don't fucking know anything about him. And I guess, you know, this is the only real like behind the curtain piece I've really seen. And I need to listen to the podcast you've talked about as well. But yeah, it's, uh, I think if there was more of that out there, I think people would be feeling a lot differently going into majors as stupid as that sounds. Maybe this this qualifies in Amsterdam, but and spoiler alert for the pod that'll come out later this week. But I talked with Harry Higgs on the podcast this morning, second time he's been on. But just talking about, 
we talked about the golf ball for like eight minutes as far as he's going to maybe be changing golf balls this fall because of and he goes into great detail as to why and like what he needs out of it. And I was like, dude, it just made me mad that like, how do I not know that about like something like that about Tiger or Rory or how are these announcers not getting little nuggets from them at, such as, you know, I need a golf ball that can fade up against this wind, but if it has a tail at the end, like his detail is insane. And I, at the end of it, he's like, sorry, that was probably pretty nerdy. And I was like, no, dude, like that's what I'm here <laughs> for. Like take me there as to all these things that go. If you, sh- if I see that many golf shots, it is going to start getting mundane and yeah. I, you lose appreciation for the greatness that comes in the craft of the, what these players are providing us every single week. And it just kind of washes over you. And I need more shit like that. I need to care more. I don't necessarily need more drama. I don't need it to be like, you know, heavily dramatized or, you know, steering into the WWE like we talked about, but it just needs to be, God, I keep falling back on this, but Azinger saying that DJ is laying back off the tee at Olympia Fields because uh, he has a lower spin ball and he wa- needs to be able to get to front pins. Like that is... That is, I'm take, I'm there. Like, take me there. Yeah. You, t- you just took me there. I need I that more. I was going to say, I think Zinger did a good job of that, even this week too. He, he had a couple, couple nuggets like that, and that it makes such a difference. And I don't get why, like, golf has such a slow pace until the last nine holes, anyways. Like, there's and it's on for so long that I don't know why those some of those front nines and really like the Thursday Friday telecast don't feel more like a podcast almost yeah like dude i don't need pj tour live is a lot better at that it is for sure and and i think there's a lot to be learned there because like the people who are tuning in on a thursday and a friday are the really hardcore fans and that's exactly what they're looking for and what they don't need is you to say justin thomas on the 14th hole because there's a graphic that does that for you already you don't need to narrate Mm. what's going on just show it Mm -mm. and just talk you know just have some conversations guys just get into some stuff get them skip yeah anyway love that that can count as hamsterdam i didn't really have anything else other than i a massive commend, commending, sure. compliment. I don't know for everybody involved with the commercial free yeah. back nine because that was so cool it and changed things very quickly. It, it we were texting each other. I know that like there was no drama this week that was different than what happens week to week on the PJ Tour. Like Dustin was clearly yeah. gonna win. He was up by two or three or four or five at pretty much. The whole stretch of the day never really felt like he was going to lose. There weren't any crazy massive moments. Maybe his par save on 14 there or 13. Uh, but beyond that, it was like pretty standard stuff. And it felt really dramatic because you weren't constantly getting punched in the face with commercials. Like every single time you try to get into it. it I'll be working my way <laughs> back to you, babe. And I will, a huge shout out. It's awesome being in a swing state with all the uh, political <laughs> ads. That was great. Just the murder porn. Those two going back and forth at each other was so cool. I will say that Service Now commercial, the, the song I was just singing, I've heard that so many times that I've, I, I literally have heard it in my sleep. And we went to Home Depot the other night. <laughs> And that actual song was on, like very faintly over the over the loudspeaker, and I was like, "There's no way, like, there's no possible way this song has followed me <laughs> to Home Depot." Come on! It, and if but, there's anybody sitting that works for an ad agency being like, <laughs> "Worked on you? Fuck you! No, no that's too far. It's no. too far. We're not into that." No, it did not work on us. Like, give, I wouldn't have. T- I wouldn't have known what the company was. So I, I still I, don't know what they do. <laughs> I, I really don't. God, it, golf is just not meant to be constantly watched. Like constantly interrupted. No, I'm saying like you're not supposed to watch golf oh, for yeah. three to four hours. No. 
Definitely because not. they make that clear with just hitting you with the same ads over and over again. I'm like, ah, fuck these guys. They'll watch it. Yes. They'll watch it. it. It was, and I was, you know what? Even despite the fact that it was really never in question and Dustin was probably going to win a tournament that I really, for a lot of reasons we've already expounded on, don't care all that much about, It. W- I was happy to watch today. I didn't feel like a jackass for watching because I was treated to a really good product. You know what I mean? And that that's yeah. what I think we're talking about. Yeah. And they do that with the Players' Championship too. And like, it's just, man, it's it's so stark to see how bad it is week to week when you see how good it can be. And mm-hmm. I'm not being idealistic or overly uh, reaching for anything unrealistic. I'm not saying everything needs to be commercial free, but holy shit, man, get more creative with the on-screen ads, get more creative with like the playing through stuff sucks. Like just make some incremental improvements. Super easy thing to get rid of. It seems like it's only getting worse, I should say. Yes, super easy thing to get rid of. The playing through, like we don't need the graphic to slide to to show that it's coming back. Like you cover the action (laughs) Almost always it's during a swing or a ball landing. Like they just have a graphic that slides across and you can't tell what the ball just did. So, so, that's, so I want to give a shout out to the NBC and I'm sure CBS would have been the same way if they were commercial free. I think they're just horrible at juggling all the commercials and all the asks and all that stuff. I think that's probably their biggest downfall, but like you could see how much better the producers are and how much better the talent is and how much better all, all these people just shine when you're not constantly interrupting them. Yeah. I wouldn't say NBC had like a Sterling playoffs. It was okay. Like we probably, again, we focus on this more than probably anyone else. I don't think it would garner a mention either positively or negatively if there wasn't so much negative, like so much bad shit in golf coverage that made it worth talking about. It would, it's, it's passable. It's not spectacular. It's not, um, I don't know. I mean, in my head, the gap between them and CBS was, bigger and maybe this is just like all right the COVID has leveled the playing field a little bit i don't know it didn't feel as stark as maybe i was expecting i think in the you know the election season that we're we're entering i'm i'm down to a complete single issue voter at this point and it's just commercials man yeah and that's but their commercials are still pretty bad no they are no no they're horrible and that doesn't come back to either network that's 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 the tour tour. and that's where i'm getting listen it's election baby we're all in this together we all we've all got to work together to solve these issues and if you'll vote for me it's a vote for less commercials uh because that's the only thing that that's what kills it that's the biggest thing the biggest challenge facing our nation right now i'm an independent i do not believe in this two-party system (laughs) where these two networks have I, I I, i hope i can win your vote you i can be swayed either way not to cbs um T. Schauber, what's Deej going to spend it all on? you got to run back your take on what's what should be done with FedEx Cup money. This, of course, comes from our uh, commissioner for the day, Trap Draw, which we're probably about due for another one of those, um, a, a fresh batch of takes. But, you know, I think that we've found a lot of bipartisan support on this one as well, that if you're going to give away $15 million and expect people to care about it, there's got to be some sort of wrinkle. And my suggestion would be that at least a third of it has to be spent within 30 days, and the receipts of those purchases have to be presented to the public uh, for discourse and discussion. Which we did in Taurus Sauce Season 5. You won yeah. $500, and you had to spend a third of it. Exactly. And I that bought was... a new guitar and a cameo from Petey Pablo. <laughs> and I'm happy, to, I'm happy to show the receipts for any of those. And I bought a cameo from Murphy Lee as well, but it wasn't very good, so we didn't, we didn't uh, include that one. <laughs> Um, are we done with questions? Ready to work through um, some final other stuff in golf? There was one more good question. Okay. Uh, well, there were a lot of good questions, but we, we hadn't uh, got to all of them. 
Anti Faldo, friend of the program. If they were to move the tour championship from Eastlake, what's the best slash hardest 18th hole for the purposes of watching guys dump out duffel bags full of cash with every three jack and water ball? I saw this one and I hadn't, I wasn't able to give enough energy to think as to what my answer would be. I would, I would be rushing an answer right now. Um, I think the 18th at Jack's Beach would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a very small audience I know of, of people that will understand that one, but it's could be truly the most maddening hole, uh, 18th hole in America. Brandon crossings also would probably be up there, but I thought about crossings. Uh, as far as like holes on tour, I don't Pacific dunes would also be pretty bad. That would be a pretty bad one. I feel like Houston could be pretty tough. You got, yeah. Uh, sawgrass obviously would be great. Um, with that 18th hole would be really, really cool. A lot of of balls. Sawgrass might be my answer. Cause like, I think. It is one thing to thread a driver in there to try to win a golf tournament. It's a different with just straight money on the line at the end. Yeah. I think that'd be a tough shot. Yeah, oh yeah. And I think, again, a take that I've I've had many times, but they need to move the tee on 18 at Sawgrass. Up to the top of the hill. Up to the top of the hill. When it's downwind, I'm with you. Yeah. Be, yeah. It's, it's, you don't have to play it up there every day. Yeah. Which brings me, weirdly, to my next point. Uh, what do you think of 15, the par 3 at Eastlake? I mean, it's very much... I mean, it's an island green in name only, whatever, peninsula green in name only. I don't know. It's kind of dull hole, I think. I was kind of of two minds throughout the whole day today where it was like, uh, on one hand, they kept saying like, oh my God, this is so much pressure. This is unbelievable, this shot that these guys are facing, blah, blah, blah. And I I agree. Like, it looks very, very hard and it plays 233 and, and all that stuff. There was one ball in the water today. That that kind of I don't know I don't I, I don't think it quite has the the bite that it, it looks like it has because I, I think everybody yeah. just hits in that bunker. Yeah, it's not that hard. I, I will say the number of balls in the water is obviously extremely diminished with the Tour Championship and only thirty balls Definitely. in play in yeah. one hundred and twenty. There were the four. The there were four all week. Yeah, and it's a lot not a lot, but yes, it's four out of one thirty or one twenty. One twenty. Yeah, is not uh, you know it's not four out of five seventy or whatever it should be otherwise. Round so. one, it played one hundred and fifty yards, which. That seems like a crowning. But they moved the pin up for that. That's actually, that's yeah, one of the more interesting true. days, actually, I think. Uh, round two, it played 226, three balls in the water. Round three, it played 206, and then, of course, 233 in the final round. So, One other thing I want to get in, um, I swear I didn't mean to bury this more than an hour into it as faint praise, but like, I think when they came out with the schedule during COVID and they said, you know, we're starting back up second week of June, did I think we would get three straight months of golf tournaments with no interruptions? Totally. Absolutely I I not. I'm, uh, I'm with you. True a, a commend, a commendation. What a, praise, <laughs> yeah. We don't know what that word is, but a uh, salute to all those involved, the PGA Tour, all the sponsors, all the tournament directors, everyone that dedicates you know, their year, their livelihood towards making these events happen and entertaining people. They happened. They happened without fans. Obviously, we want fans at them, and we, we would love for the, these to go differently if they could, but they can't. And even the event they lost, they filled it in with another one. I mean, it's it's impressive stuff, and I just I didn't want that to go by the wayside. No, I had that as my my soapbox Sunday as well. Mm-hmm. So, right. what was it? I think seven players tested positive, which is <laughs> that was mostly early on. Extremely impressive, especially you know as you watch kind of some of these other sports try to try to wrangle people and and get stuff uh, to some sort of playable condition. So, yeah, I had the same thing. I mean, it's super, super, super impressive that they were able to get it done uh, the way that they were, and I I think it was not easy. I'm glad that we – I think as far as, you know, our our stance, I think we were pretty eyes wide open about the fact that we had no idea what the right move was. So I I feel – 
confident about that. I'm glad we weren't out there beating the drum of this yeah. is bullshit. Yeah. Everybody needs to stay home because uh, I, I don't think that aged super, super well as far as the PJ Tour goes. But yeah, kudos to them, man. I'm glad that we've been able to watch golf for the last 14 weeks or whatever it's been. Amen. Uh, a couple more Tron things. Sure. Sprinkle in before you know we get to our, our last stuff. Uh, he says, big shout outs to Charlie Saxon and Lauren Coughlin, the Young Hitters Program. I believe uh, Charlie was the leader going into the final round at the Corn Ferry event. Lauren was one back at the Symmetra event. Neither got the jobs done, but uh, as as Tron says, the hitters are hashtag involved on the leaderboard. He says, we go into 2021 with one thing different versus the last 15 seasons. Do you know what it is? One th- we have six majors in the next season. That's true, but I think that's would be different than like any season. 15, a very specific number, and that's because, as he says, David Bergano is no longer on a major medical exem- uh, extension. Uh, he says, disgusting scumbag. Again, those are his words. And then he, this was a good one. He says, question for you guys. Three predictions for themes for the 2021 season. Hmm. He, uh, he also sent his as well, if you'd like to hear those first or last. We'll do those last. Okay. I would say, I don't know if this counts as prediction. I just had, I, I had understood it as be three themes for 2021. I would say my first one is how badly the majors are just going to stunt on the tour next year. <laughs> uh, if they struggle to make us care about the FedEx Cup this year with one major, I don't know how they're going to do it with uh, six. Yeah. Theme number two of that. Oh, also, there's a Ryder Cup next year yes. uh, with an extra year of hype and build up going into that one. It is going to be just an enormous next 12 months. Uh, and a Solheim Cup, I believe. And a Solheim Cup in the same month um, as next year's Ryder Cup. And my third one, I truly believe that it is time and it is going to happen, that it is next level. I don't know what that means yet, but it is time for JT to assert himself. Yeah. I feel like this like kind of return to golf, he's been a slightly Back di- on the tee. different golfer. <laughs> in how confident it looks like he's swinging and it just didn't quite piece together. I don't know exactly why I don't pretend to make excuses for it, but I feel like he's just got himself in better shape and he is carrying himself with a different level of confidence. And I think that it could be an enormous next 12 months for him. It feels like what we've seen DJ do the last three weeks, like there's maybe four guys on the PJ tour who can do that. And JT is definitely one of those guys. And it, it, Seems like we've we've seen that a bit. Like he's he's gone on runs, not maybe quite to this level, but uh, yeah, the, I, it's always kind of shocking when they don't happen. I guess yeah. it's different when DJ is doing it, but I'm I think that's that's a great great prediction. What are your themes? I had back on the tee. We're gonna see Jordan Spieth return to golf. Woo! Like again, I, I've I've been steadfast in this. If you guys don't want to be on the bandwagon, that's totally fine. If you want to declare him over, go ahead, say it. I want to not you. I'm talking. Well, no, the, the I want to be on the bandwagon, but also say it's not there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I'm I'm very much on the same page. Like okay. it's not there. It it's he's not good right now. <laughs> it's not good. But like if people want to say like you know he's done. Like I haven't heard a lot of those takes. You know what I'm saying? I've heard a decent amount of those. Not credible ones. I've heard a lot yeah, of like that's true. Frank six five four on Twitter who's like he sucks. He's never going to play good again. But I don't. I don't hear a lot of credible sources saying like no. He's like yeah. he's toast. And that gives me hope that I mean it's he's sure literally one of the most talented players to ever play golf. Like I don't think that's in dispute. And uh, he's going to find it back back on the tee. Return to golf. Jordan Spieth twenty twenty one. This one was kind of a tag team with Tron. We were kind of sidebarring about this, but and it's it's kind of in line with one of his. 
which is that I think Brooks is going to just continue to lash out more and more as he becomes like kind of Mr. Irrelevant. Like, and uh, Tron, Tron thinks it will probably, uh, this is one of his predictions, Kepka continues to struggle with injuries and doesn't find form. And I wonder if as that happens and as we've seen what DJ's done and as we've seen what Bryson's done and, you know, if JT starts doing something, I think maybe Brooks will, you know, I think maybe he's gotten a taste of being kind of Mr. Relevant. And I think he's going to take PEDs. <laughs> I think he's going to at least, you know, dump on people in the media, which is sick. And I, I commend him for it and I hope he keeps doing it. And then this is not an inventive one, but I think Xander's going to win one of the next six majors. I think he'll win a major next year. Love that. Tron's other ones, uh, his predictions for the quote super season. We need to count. We need can to I, call I, out that it is called the quote super season. Can I uh, ask you one question before we get to that? Sure. Do you think the next six majors that we're going to have over the course of next year, do we get a multiple winner? Yes. I almost said because I'm an idiot. I almost said that that would be Rory, but <laughs> I think that it would be a safer. I mean, it's a safer bet to say no, right? Like, I think that everything's so deep that probably like, yeah. is it a crazy coincidence that you know, or is it is it crazy unlikely that Xander, Dustin, JT, Rory, Brooks, and X, you know, player X, will all win majors? Like, no, that doesn't seem unlikely, right? Morikawa, Hovland, like all kinds of different guys. So I would say there won't be a multiple winner, but. Of course, who could say? I'm trying to think of it, and I'm grabbing this before uh, before I say something dumb, and I can't find it, so I probably will say something dumb. But so Brooks and Rory, who who is the besides those two? Who is the most recent multiple winner? Like, how far back do you have to go to find a multiple winner from what year to now? Is it Phil with 2013 Open and 2010 Masters? That would make the most sense to me. Keimer. Ah, Keimer. of course. Yeah, oh, okay. and Spieth. Duh. No, okay. That, oh, I, that wasn't even close. And Zach John. No, ZJ's not up there. Yeah. Uh, Spieth. Spieth would be the most recent one. Okay. I thought I didn't say Potter Carrington. Uh, I thought about that one too. Uh, that's Sorry. interesting. Yeah. So to your very roundabout point, uh, multiple majors. <laughs> oh, wow. I sucked. Yeah, I didn't do that. Okay. It so was they, fun. They happen. Yeah. They happen. It's not crazy. Um, all right. Tron, of course, he asked for three and he provided way more than three per usual. Uh, he said, my predictions for the quote super season, Adam Scott wins one of the six majors. Uh, Scheffler makes the Ryder cup team. We'll need a big apology for you, from you. If that happens, I'd love to have him on our team. Uh, Kepka continues to struggle with injuries. Doesn't find form. Uh, Tron says, I will RIP the cat increasingly often. Sungjae wins the players. Fleetwood finally wins stateside, likely at Riviera. Honest Abe wins the Grupo Salinas Championship, becomes an international sensation, and JT asserts himself and becomes the dominant force in the game. So you guys are aligned with that All one. Right. Uh, can I a fun little trivia question for you? Can you name who, I guess, I don't know if anyone made it. Up, up until this year, there were, I think I'm counting four guys, maybe five guys that had got a FedEx Cup bonus every single year. Every single year since oh since oh seven, how many? Five? Yes, I think I think it's five. Um, this is not just not just tour championship. Like you got top. You finished in the top one fifty, basically. I assume what those. I don't know how those rules yeah. work exactly, but yeah. All right, so Dustin. No, 
He did not know seven. First year of the FedEx Cup. Oh, shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Furick? Furick did not. 2017 did not get a FedEx Cup bonus. Yeah, I suck at this game. Okay. No, it's a fun game. Phil. It's, it's hard to think of. Uh, Phil is correct. Um, Roar, not Rory, probably. Nope. Because he wouldn't have been until like 09. Um, Charles Howell? He's not in the top. He's not made more than $5 million, so I don't think um, he w- he doesn't qualify on this list, I don't think. Gosh, that's a tough one. I know Hunter Mahan was up there for a long time, but he wouldn't have got one last year. And you just named you just named one of them as far as winning a major in the in the next six one of Tron's picks. Adam oh, Scott. Adam Scott. Yeah. Huh. Who are the others? It's easy to forget uh, Matt Kuchar as well, oh, of course. So and then uh, Brand Snedeker was mm. one of them as well, which that one kind of surprised me. But that's interesting. Longevity, man. Yeah. Uh, this was a question I, I missed. Uh, this was from. Uncle Dev, is Xander a dog or a killer? Dog? I think he's got to be a dog. Yeah, I don't think he's a killer. He's killed. He has killed. Yeah. But I've been way uh, too close too often to be, and not one to be yeah. a killer. Like he just, he's been he's more of a often. lurker. He's yeah. more of a lurker. What what was up with the, with the chunk chip today? What hole was that? Uh, 13, I think. Um. Oh, they'll, yeah. When DJ made the big par putt. And, yeah. Yeah, that was That, that was great. tough. That wasn't great. Yeah. But then he... I think 14 he had to hack out, got up and down from like 130. He had a lot of good wedges, man. He's extremely, extremely good. He rolls it super nice. All right, what do you want to get to? Uh, We're getting closer to wrapping this up, and really I just want to get to Formula One. We should mention, I didn't get to watch much of Valderrama, but it was extremely tough. Bloodbath. That falls tough on the Labor Day weekend here in the U.S., but uh, two over won that. John Catlin won that, who was an American as well. And apparently he had been disqualified from a previous tournament for violating COVID protocol. And, really? Uh, yeah. Came back to uh, to win that. He won by one over Martin Keimer. Facing adversity. So <laughs> he shot, seven, uh, of course, shot 75 to win the tournament today. Jeez, is, that's, man, that's the world I want to live in. I do wish I could have watched more of that because we've been uh, seeing some fun firm conditions in the States recently as well. Well, I didn't have much for segments. I didn't um, really either. Yeah, we've we had plenty else to talk about uh, this week. Rub the green coming up. Rub the green. I feel like has to be Djokovic. Oh my god! Uh, just, just a really tough, uh, tough look there. I should have got this tweet off, and I I didn't get to it timely enough. But uh, was going to just caption it with like, "Whoa, the view from the the woman's view is crazy," <laughs> and it was just going to be the view, the camera shot of Tiger hitting the cameraman at the 2010 Ryder Cup <laughs> with, with the Scott, cigar, guy, the cigar in guy in the background. Tron had a good rub of the green. It's actually a look ahead. It's a pre rub of the green of the week, uh, which is a look ahead to next week's A and A. Oh my god! Which has the mega backstop in play. Oh, I thought you were uh, talking about the temperatures. Well, there. and also it's going to be 120 degrees, so caddies are in carts. So also the rub of the green, yeah. but uh, potential for some of the best uh, grandstanding we've we've ever seen. I'm excited to watch some more major championship golf. Me too. PGA, LPGA tour. I didn't really have a you hate to see it. I don't think. Not uh, really. They kind of almost would feel mean spirited. Like ah, yeah, you hate to see Webb fall way down the leaderboard, lose a bunch of money. Yeah, the tour championship. Yeah, I don't. But, I don't hate to see that. Yeah, you know. Um. Uh, I did mention Djokovic. Uh, that was Tron's last note. Sorry. He said, uh, Djokovic is truly a sick guy. Uh, he's like a combo of Rom and Bryson, um, which is, I think, a pretty good take. That's pretty spot on. That concludes the golf portion of today's show. You're <laughs> welcome to leave. Uh, if that if you're not into Formula One, if you are not into Formula One and still want to listen to us, please stick around because I think this was kind of the week. I, I finally just, I try not to tweet too much Formula One stuff, but I had to on Sunday. Like, hey, 
If you're even remotely into this, like get to a TV now because this is about to get really good. Uh, really wild race at Monza. Um, one of the most, I, at one point, I think I said to you guys, if the leaderboard was completely flipped, I would believe it more than I do currently because from the experience we've had, we've only watched live races so far this year. It is basically Hamilton, Verstappen, Botas in some form or, uh, in the top three. And at one point, Max was second to last and Hamilton was in dead last because of a penalty he had to serve. And Botas was in like sixth or something. And Pierre Gasly's out in front. Um, you know, safety cars. There was finally a red flag. And Lewis Hamilton riding his scooter down to argue with the stewards about the penalty <laughs> that he was getting. And we saw a something like a 200 to 1 Pierre, uh, Pierre Gasly, a, a 200 to 1 underdog, win a Formula 1 race, which almost... It very rarely happens, I, I, I believe. I, I can only speak to this season, but it, everything almost always feels like a foregone conclusion, and this week was anything but that. It was unbelievable. Yeah, that was... Uh, it's amazing how quickly we're out of our depth as far as quote-unquote analysis goes here. So just speaking as someone who very... I think that's part of the charm. Very <laughs> candidly, like, just started watching this season. Uh, it is such a shining example of, like, what I'm sure all the hardcore fans have been pissed about for the last four years, which is like, this is fucking pointless to watch because there's no parody and it's going to be one of these three guys who wins and that's boring. And yeah, as soon as you got other guys in the mix, it was like, holy shit, man, this is, this is what it's all about. And I, I will, we talked about this last night over some ice cream, shout out to cookies and cream here in, in Jack's beach. But, uh, I think you could almost make it to make a golf connection here. This is allegedly as a golf podcast. I think on one hand, you could make the case that like, man, Gasly winning, that was so cool. Like that's why the PGL would be so bad is because, you know, you you need these underdog stories and blah, 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 blah. And I think that it's actually the opposite. I think like that proves why the PGL would be successful in my view and, and throw out all the you know, the many, many things that people have taken issue with about the PGL. I'm kind of just talking about the thought exercise of a group of 48, you know, superstars that are, are teeing it up every week. Because like I was saying earlier in the pod, it's, you have so much more context when you actually can like wrap your head around a smaller number of players rather than trying to wrap your head around 200 people who could potentially win on the PGA tour week to week like that is an impossible task unless you do nothing but watch golf all the time whereas ghastly being up there like my wife was in the other room working out and she knows enough about formula one to know who pierre gasly is and know that that's a big deal and so she stops what she's doing runs into the room to like watch him win this race and that is like the most like that's never happening in golf right yeah i i, I don't know how you simulate that in golf i i you know as that race is happening, I think back to, of course, the Netflix series that we all watched that got us into Formula One. And all I could think of was Pierre Gasly's got one career podium in his life, which was a, a third place finish out of 20, which to like a golf fan, that probably sounds like super, like nobody cares who finishes third out of 156. Like, why would you care who finishes third out of 20? But it's just different in this sport. Like half of the reason you tune in is like for this midfield battle. And so he gets the third on the podium and he... While he's still in the car, he is screaming on the team radio, and they have access to this team radio. This is, of course, why we think player caddy conversations are so vital to broadcast. They have access to it, and he just screams, and he's not even back into the pits yet and says, like, this is the greatest day of my life. 
finishing third place in a Formula One race. And I just thought, like, that is what hit me so hard. I'm like, how does this sport do so well to make you care about what guys finish other than the guys who... Sometimes the guy who wins is a complete afterthought. Like, they'll finally check in as, oh, yeah, Lewis Hamilton wins his 90th race, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then Carlos Sainz is trying to pass Esteban Ocon, coming down the last stretch for sixth place. And the excitement goes for that instead of... And I'm not saying it works the same in golf. Like, we're talking about literal, the like, race cars. Of course, the excitement level is different. But... So when Pierre Gasly has the lead after just crazy, weird pit stops that come with the safety cars and all this weird strategy, Lewis Hamilton goes into the pits too early. When he wasn't allowed to, he gets a 30-second penalty, has to drop back. All this stuff ends with like a really random result. And he, when he wins, like he crosses the finish line and just asks like, what just fucking happened? We just won the race. And three minutes after it happens, the, the F1 Twitter account is tweeting out that video and they bleeped the F-bomb, but like they are celebrating that this just happened and it just was the excitement of the weekend in, in, in terms of being a sports fan. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think there's the <laughs> the foregone conclusion that comes with, again, we're, we're really just speaking about this season, but I know it's kind of been like this the last four or five years at least. But just speaking from, you know, I, I think Randy pointed out like last week, excuse me, I don't know if it was two weeks ago, actually, maybe. Uh, the last race was where they were basically like, yeah, Hamilton, like if he, you know, if he takes the lead into turn five of so lap one, it's like it's over. It's over. <laughs> like, that was spa. The next, you know, hour and a half is like, kind of whatever it's just he, he's for sure gonna win if he makes it through the first five turns in the lead and that's where it's like dustin johnson imagine i guess it was kind of like that this week but it's like yeah if he goes out and yeah i mean if he plays the first four in like one under like it's totally over weirdly enough this is you know hamilton finished in the points but this was the race that highlighted how good he is to yes. me more so than any of the races he wins and how cheated i feel <laughs> Almost said this. How cheated I feel as a Formula One fan. <laughs> but like how we don't even get to really appreciate him as a racer because he's so far out in front and you don't see him racing anyone. He's racing against himself out there in front. And to see him actually just catapulting past cars and zooming right around them and just how he was still a factor in the story when he was in 17th place was kind of just spoke to his greatness and, and how Botas could not pass cars in the same exact Botas car. Botas was whining that he had a puncture. What he, he's just getting bitch. blown past by everybody. He didn't have a great. puncture. Uh, and he said he couldn't race with these settings. This is a joke. This is a joke. You're driving the Batmobile, okay, <laughs> man? You do not get to say that. How do you think George Russell feels back there in a Williams? For real. And you're telling me uh, you're telling him that uh, your settings are a joke. Shout out to Claire Williams, by the way. Last. R.I.P. Last race. She's still alive, but she's <laughs> retired from, uh, from Well, the, so what you're talking about is why they were freaking out on the on the in the broadcast booth about how about the reverse grid uh qualifying where it's basically like i i didn't look into this at all so somebody uh, people are going to come at me hard for my gross misunderstanding which we this, welcome which i totally welcome. do not send us your golf taste no a lot of people have been sending me emails and dms about like all this stuff that i've missed it's been it's been great but uh they were basically saying like you should almost start qual. I think what they were saying is you should almost start qualifying in reverse grid order. Like start the Williams up front, start the other ones, blah blah blah, and then have almost like a mini race where it's like, you know, watch these guys overtake everybody, put the best guys in the back, and watch them overtake. And I'm almost thinking about that with that would be a sick golf tournament. <laughs> but like, like no, put, no offense to our friend Mark Leishman. No, exactly. And poorly put him out in front and yeah, watch guys put, catapult. Put Dustin way in the back and just watch him 
chase everybody down. See what he feels like when, you know, oh, I'm I'm down by 10? Cool. Like, I'm going to start firing now. How's the reverse grid start, though? Like, why would, would, why would teams race hard in qualifying, then, if you're going to start in the back? I Listen, admittedly, okay. this is the extent of my... Uh, of my knowledge. I think it would be, you would race hard because like, I think it would be like based on your standings in the constructor series or the driver series that season is, I think the reverse order. And then you'd be qualifying. So like the pole would still be the, the pole. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't think you'd actually, st- I don't know. I don't think you'd actually start the race like in reverse order. I think it would be. There's an article in the BBC. I just Googled reverse grid sprint race plans, and there's seven seven hours ago, Formula One set to revive reverse grid sprint plan, race plans. Well, apparently they uh, do this in F2, Job was yeah. telling me, and that's all I know. But <laughs> So it's it's out there. It's possible. Uh, Tron, of course, had some, some F1 takes. Uh, Christian Horner needs to be publicly apologized. I believe that's in reference to... Uh, sacking sacking Gasly and replacing him with Albon who I will admit stinks uh, tough race for Max even before he had to retire that was a tough week that was a bummer Uh, he said Charles Leclerc should refuse to get in the car the rest of the season Ferrari is a stain on the sport Uh, I think that's all for his uh, his F1 takes I think that was we got through Tron's lengthy list of uh, of commentary um monza did not disappoint oh it's awesome it was a great track it was just uh that was that was where i uh got the most joy out of sports this week was watching that what a complete dumpster fire for it's weird to not talk ferrari guys to not talk it day of i feel like i've some of my racing takes have expired because my lifespan of how long these live in in my head is not that long at what point are the ferrari is the ferrari team managers put really just putting their drivers in danger by making them get in that car to be a very very big issue, like the 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 wrecks were Leclerc's Serious. wreck was not yeah, cool was not to good. watch. No. Uh, just it's straight up brake failure for Vettel, which yeah, that's tough. It's tough to watch. I, I you don't come into this. I I don't come into this with any rooting interest for any of the teams in particular. Like a, a lot of Formula One fans are getting a lot of joy out of seeing Ferrari, uh, you yeah. know, just shit the bed this year. But I don't really have anything to any reason to feel that way. You can tell they've got some Yankees. Duke kind of kind of vibes to him, so I, I can see that. Weird to see, like I wonder how Carlos Sainz is feeling. Yes, because yeah. he has been awesome this year. It was awesome this week, and uh, just knowing he's going to Ferrari next year. I I really like Carlos Sainz. Like they were too. trying to like get him to protect second place, and he's like, no, I'm like I'm going for the win here. And I think he would have caught Gasly with one more lap, and then this really tickled me at uh, free uh, free practice one. He was. You know, he's out there, and on the team radio, they're like, okay, yeah, Carlos, it's pretty quiet out there. You are the uh, only car on the track. And he just says, just say I'm P1. <laughs> you are P1, P1. Uh, and apparently a good golfer, a good player in his own right. Two handicap. Two handicap, we hear. We're going to try uh, try to try to team up for some content with him in the future. So. Who else? Lando, another good week from him. Lance Stroll, of course, got crowned. Tron's not here to defend him, so we can show Extreme crowning. He got by with a sketchy-ass yes. pit stop that... Free you got free tire change during the yes. during the red flag. Yes, disgusting. Uh, Botas was a disgrace. Ricardo, nice week. Lewis Hamilton. I mean, watching him literally just go from twentieth to seventh was artistic. It was wild. And like, if there were more laps left, he might have won that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which, gosh, yeah. Um. So that's about all I've got. Yeah. Same. Anything you're missing? Anything we're missing? I'm sure we missed a ton, but. Uh, we just a programming note for this coming week. We are going to be gone basically this whole week. We are not planning to recap Safeway. Uh, we have a interview with uh, a Hall of Famer that is set to air on next Sunday night. 
It talks a little bit. Golf Hall of Famer? Or? Yes, yeah. as a uh, Formula One. Okay. Uh, as we roll into U.S. Open week next weekend, um, we talk a little bit about the U.S. Open with this particular guest who has a lot of experience there and uh, talk about Wingfoot in particular. And then we'll have a U.S. Open preview Tuesday of U.S. Open week. Uh, and as I mentioned, Harry Higgs episode will come out later this week. So um, also a quick, I almost forgot. We should have done this at the top of the show. Uh, shout out to Walker Trolleys. We have uh, yeah. we tweeted this news out earlier this week. We've made an investment in the uh, push cart company known as Walker Trolleys. It is a product we've been using for a long time and something that we really believe in. And uh, we want to do more to kind of encourage people to get out and walk on golf courses. And uh, we want to hashtag make push carts cool again. <laughs> um, maybe not. Maybe that's not the hashtag we want to go with. Yeah, but, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. So you'll be seeing a lot of those in our videos and uh, reading that story and learning about how uh, Brad and his team have come up with uh, this design and, and this concept is pretty cool and we're excited to be a part of it. It's fun to have a push cart that you're really psyched to go use. Yes, exactly. I, I, I believe it's I been can... called the Lamborghini of push carts. Yeah, I don't, so. I don't think I can say it any any simpler than that. It's been, it's been great. With that, we are going to bid adieu and uh, we'll be back for uh, some major championship golf here coming up, coming up very soon. Very yeah. soon. 10 it's days, exciting. man. Here we go. Maybe nine days, depending on when you're listening to this. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We will see you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Ronnie, that's better than most. How about in? That is better than most. Better than most.